Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Don't you know kids see you and they watch you and they actually do more of what you do than what you say? Did did you get that? It's very true. So then you leave church, you get in the car after singing, rain all around the world. You get in the car, you're on your way home, mom, can we stop and McDonald's and get a cheeseburger. Shut up, kid. He like bite their head off and they're like, wait a minute. You were in church this way and now you're in this. My mom is a transformer. That's what it is. My mother's a transformer. She's creepy. In church, she's spiritual and in the car and in going home and she's a whole different person. And you're hindering your child from coming to Jesus because they see that hypocritical behavior. And they might not even be able to say the word hypocritical, but they know it. And they see it. You got to be the same way. I got to be the same way. My family needs to see me the same way they see me here at church. They need to see me at home the same way. The same Pastor Rodney they see here, they need to see at home. Matter of fact, somebody, one person asked one of my children, they said, they said, well, now how is Pastor Rodney at home? And you know, I was actually happy, thank, thank you Jesus, I was happy they said, pretty much the same way he's at church. And that's a good thing. You shouldn't have that, that double life and that, that, that double behavior. You know, now here in Calvary Chapel, now listen. I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to blow you over because we at Calvary Chapel, we have been accused of of hindering children from coming to Jesus. And people have said to us and told us that we are legalistic and unloving toward children because if you've been here a while, you know this, we have a policy. I hate the word policy in church, but lack of a better word. We have a policy that if your child is six years old or under, we'd like for them to go to children's church unless you're a first-time visitor. And if you're a first-time visitor and you don't know this church, you know, you, you want to keep your kids. I can understand you wanting to keep your kids with you. I can understand that. And probably I'd understand you should probably sit at, by the back door. Because just in case something pop off, you want to be able to, you know, you want to be able to get out quick, you know. You don't know, churches are freaky nowadays. You don't know, I mean, can I say freaky in a pulpit? Churches are not good. Some. In the, so you might want to sit at the back door, keep your kids with you, if something get crazy, you can get out quick. So, but if you sit up front with your kids and then something get crazy and you got to run down the aisle and kicking people, hitting people in the head and stuff, well, that's not Christian. So, so you, you know, you want 
<laughs> you want to get out quick so I can understand if it's your first time here. But, you know, we like for six years old and under to go to children's church. And sometime, every now and then, children, listen, need to be free to be children when they come to church. Somebody say amen. They should be free to be kids. And sometime when you get a kid, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about, you know, a child is in a sanctuary, and, you know, I, and, and it's happened. I'm, I'm standing up here preaching, and, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, on a really deep, spiritual, poignant point, like the blood of Jesus and the atonement making a difference. Right when you're just about to say, you know, something's going to change my life, a kid goes, yeah! Have anybody ever heard that? And, 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 then, and then I lost the audience, and it's like everybody's looking back at the kid. So then, you know, the elders, you know, I, I remember one time, and I never ever in my, I will never forget this as long as I preach. This lady was sitting right here where my son is sitting, and they had a little girl. The little girl was so, she was as cute as all day long, cute little dress. The parents are sitting there. And, and, and they were obviously visitors, which I think they should have been sitting on the back row. But, 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 they, but they were visitors. And they're letting the kid run all over. I mean, just run back and forth. Do you remember that? They were letting the, ch- the little girl was running back and forth. I mean, she's running over here. I'm preaching now. I'm preaching my heart. I'm preaching. I'm sweating. I'm preaching so hard. And she's running over here. And, and then she comes back over and gets a goldfish for mommy and then runs, you know, the little snacky goldfish. And then she runs back over there. And I'm looking at the kid going back and forth. And I'm preaching. And I'm thinking to the parents, I'm thinking, are they on earth? I mean, so, so then I thought, well, let's, let me give them, you know, a little clue. A little hint. Yes. Yeah, so I give him the eye. Now, if anybody knows me, y'all know what my eye looks like. When I'm, when I'm not happy about something, I'm like. <laughs> so I gave. So I, I'm like. I gave him. I gave it. She still didn't get it. The kid is running back and forth and so on and so forth. And then finally, I had to say to the lady and, and even second service, um, the, uh, the couple that they had first come with uh, told, told me that, uh, that uh, they, were, they were actually here today when I was saying this at second service. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, stick a hot poker in my eye. What did I do this today for? So, so they, <laughs> and I finally had to say, um, you know, and I was actually, by this time, I was frustrated. I was frustrated with the greeters because the greeters didn't come up and say anything. I'm frustrated with the elders and the pastors because they didn't come up and say anything. Nobody said anything. So I finally said, um, ma'am, uh, we have children's church. At that time, it was like on the other side of this wall. I said, ma'am, we have children's church right on the other side of the wall if you'd like to take your kid to children's church. And it was embarrassing for everyone. It's embarrassing. We want the children to go to children's church so that children can be free to be children. And then one time, one of our pastors, true story, asked the lady, the kid was like, I was preaching the word of God, and I was just, you know, I was really into it. And the kid was like, ah! And the pastor went over to the lady and said, you know, you know, nice as he could be. I mean, this pap, I told you who it was, y'all would go, this guy is the sweetest guy on the planet. So he went over to her, and he just whispered, hey, what you want? You know when you say, you're being nice, you know what I mean? And, 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 and the lady got upset. She walked out, grabbed up, grabbed up her kids, walked out, got in the car, got in the church parking lot, and cussed the pastor out. Yes, she did. She cussed him out. 
So afterward, he told me, he said, well, he said, well, I, he said, well, I took her out. And he said, and, and she just, she, she, she cussed me out. And I said, she did what? She said, she cussed me out. I said, what'd you do? <laughs> he said, well, I just stood there. I said, you know what? I said, I got more respect for you than I ever had in my life. I said, you are like Jesus. I said, because honestly, y'all know what? Let me can I tell y'all something. I don't know. I'm not there yet. Pa- Pastor, don't judge me. Pray for me. I'm not there yet. If somebody, if anybody with me, y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm not. If you cuss me out in the church parking lot, I don't know what's going to happen to you. I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, you, know I, I may, you know what? I might be filled with the Spirit. I may just glow and levitate and float on back in the church. I may. Or I may just jump in your car and beat you up. I I don't know. I I really don't know. I I just don't know. I would just say don't try this at home. But, you know, I I don't know. But the easy... He said, I just stood there, and he, she cussed me out, and I just stood there. I said, you are like Jesus. I can't, you, I, I, you are like, I can't believe you did that. You just let her cut. Yeah, he said, I, I didn't know what to say. I just let her cuss me out. I said, I tell you what, you are the sweetest person I ever met in my life. I mean, seriously, I never met anybody. But we want children to go to the children's church because we want them to be free to drool. Amen. We want them to be free to walk, to play, to talk, to cry. They should be able to go potty whenever and wherever they want. Amen. They should be able to eat crackers and drink juice and be kids. And what happens is when you bring kids to church and you bring them in the sanctuary and you hear me and I'm standing up here and I put yourself in a kid's shoes. You, you know, you're six years old, five years old, and you're eight years old, whatever. And you're sitting there and I'm, t- and I'm like, well, when Jesus had compassion. Now, the word compassion in the Greek language is splakaneia. Splakanea means compassion from the deep part of the about. You're a five or six-year-old. You don't care about that. You could care less about splat. All you think about, I like to splatter something on the wall, splakanea. What are you talking about? I don't care anything about that. You're a child. And then what happens is you bring them in, and, what, and Satan uses that, by the way, because he uses it to keep you from hearing the word of God. Because if he can keep you from hearing the word of God, there'll be no change in your family. There'll be no change in your situation. There'll be no change in your husband and your wife and your children. There'll be no change because you didn't hear the word of God yourself. Because the whole time the kid was sitting there being a kid, maybe tearing up the Bibles or doing whatever, the whole time you've been, shh, shh. shh. I remember, let me go old school for y'all, okay? Old school. Old school for me, you go to church. You sit there and you shut up. And if you make one sound, you will get slapped in the back of your head. Y'all remember that? I'm telling you, I got slapped so many times in the back of my head. I, I, now I, I got a tick. I, I just, now, 
it's got to take. I mean, because you just get slapped in the back of your head. So, so, what, so what happens is you get this child in there, and you, sh- and you slap them, and you pop them, and what they do is they grow up, and what they remember about church is that the whole time they sat through church, all they got was slapped and popped, and now they have a tick, and now all because you didn't let them go to children's church. And then when they get to an age where they don't, they don't, they don't have to go to church, they don't go to church because church is not Fun. Look at verse 17. We got to move forward. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive in verse 17, if you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. I say unto you, Jesus said, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. The word to underline in your Bibles is the word receive. It's an important word because if you have kids, you know they have no problems receiving. Children are great receivers. If you offer them something, they snatch it, don't they? They got no problems receiving. If you offer your child something, they never say, oh, you know, I don't feel worthy. I just don't really. You ever, you, you ever met a child say that? I just don't feel. You know, we do that with the Lord. The Lord says, I'm going to bless. Oh, I just don't feel worthy. You know, or, you know, dad, you know, dad wants to get me that super soaker, but. I just don't feel worthy. I just really just don't feel worthy. We do that with God. Children don't do that. Children don't think like that, not even a little bit. Jesus says, you want to get into heaven and you want to get in the kingdom, you must come as a child. Now, there are many qualities that are childlike qualities, and we won't talk about them all tonight, today, but, but, but children are teachable and children are trusting and children are simple and children are honest. Children are painfully honest sometimes. Kids will look at you and just say, Mister, why is your head so bald? It's like, where's your mother at, you little evil kid? <laughs> Go back to your mama. And uh, <laughs> children, children are like painfully, painfully honest. And and that's not exactly what Jesus is saying. Jesus is pointing out, listen, if you're going to come into the kingdom, you must come hopeless and helpless like a child. The emphasis is not that children are innocent, because if you have children, you know that they're not. But the emphasis is that children are receivers. And, and, and they don't feel like they have to earn anything to get what they need. They are dependent, and they just receive, and they just trust. Look at verse 18. We'll do verse 18 through 23, and then we'll wrap it up. 18, look at verse 18. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Now, some of y'all ain't looking. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Now, a certain ruler asked him, saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus said to him, well, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is who, saints? God. You know the commandment. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all of these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. But when he had heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Now, saints, beginning in verse 18, give me your attention, we have the complete opposite of someone coming to Jesus as a child. We turn our attention to what I call the miserable millionaire. 
the Bible calls him the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked what he had to do to inherit eternal life. This man was rich. He was proud. He was self-assertive. He was self-made. He was self-righteous. And it's very interesting because this guy has everything that America, Americans want. Everything that Americans worship. He's rich, he's young, and he's powerful. He's rich, young, and powerful. I mean, think about it. Rich, young, powerful. Everything America worships. And they go together, if you will. I mean, think about it. No sense in being rich if you're not young and vital and able to enjoy it. And if you're rich and 100 years old, then the money doesn't mean very much. If you're young and a ruler, well, nobody will listen to you anyway because you're young. But this rich, young, powerful ruler drives a lot of people. Have you noticed in our country, in our, in our culture, have you noticed one night I was up late and I'm just flipping through the station. Have you noticed how many infomercials there are on how to get rich quick? There is more scams. They have got to, listen, that, that's got to be a scam. You know, I made $59,000 in two and a half minutes. <laughs> that, that can't be right. Listen, somebody once said, if it sounds too good to be true, what? It probably is. We got so many infomercials on people trying to get rich. We are driven by wealth. People want to be wealthy. People want to be rich. And there's nothing wrong with being wealthy. Listen, Daniel was wealthy, Joseph, Abraham, David. The problem with wealth and the problem with money is if you make money and wealth your God, then it becomes a problem. Somebody once said of money, it's a great servant, but a cruel master. And people not only want to be rich, but people, have you noticed this in our culture? People want to be young. People want to be young. People, they got, I saw a TV show one time. And I just watched this because I was actually quite intrigued. I thought, now how, how long are they going to do this? This, this? All these ladies are sitting around a circle, and they're talking about this cream that's, that will make them young. That if, they just, if you just buy this cream, and put this, rub this cream on your thighs. All the cellulite will go away. If you buy this cream and rub this cream on your face, all the crow's feet and all this stuff will go away. And I'm looking at it, and everybody's going around, oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, it did for me. Oh, yes, yes, it did for me. And I'm like, are these people kidding me? Do you think a bottle of cream is going to, cause you to, 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 to be any younger. It is not. It does not work that way. They tell you, oh, well, if you put this cream on, matter of fact, I was in the car yesterday. I'm going to the men's retreat. I'm going to speak at the men's retreat. And I'm flipping through the radio station. The guy's driving. I'm flipping through the radio station. And I heard this, 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 this commercial, and it said, you can look younger in 90 seconds. I listened to that and I went, are you kidding me? Look younger and night put if you apply this cream on your face in 90 seconds, you will you'll look younger. I said, no, you won't look younger. They don't call that looking younger. We call that a reaction. You are having an allergic reaction. <laughs> I mean, people are obsessed 
with looking young. Well, this rich young ruler in verse 18 came to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life in the Greek language? Listen, he's saying, Jesus, what is the one stupendous grand good deed that I can do to earn merit or deserve eternal life. What he is saying is, I can't enjoy being rich and young and powerful because eternal life is bothering me. I can't enjoy my wealth, my good looks, my youth, the power that I have because there's something that's eating at me day and night. Good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? Listen, the final answer is nothing. Look, you can't do anything to get eternal life. You can't listen. You can't do anything to get eternal life. It is by grace and grace alone that you are saved. There's nothing you can do. And that's why you got to come in as a child, because a child doesn't say, what must I do to get a super soaker? Does he? He says, daddy, on your way home from work, can you stop off and get me a super soaker? Right? He doesn't say, what must I do to get a super soaker? You can't do anything to earn eternal life. Look at verse 19. Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one's good but one. That is God. Now, in the Jewish culture, they often called God the good or the good one. Jesus is saying the reason you're calling me good is because I am God. Now, Jesus is going to find out how sincere this guy is by asking him to do something that's really going to press his button. Look at verse 20. And also in Matthew 19, if you're taking notes, you can put these stories together. Jesus said, if you want eternal life, keep the commandments. And the man said, arrogantly, which one? And Jesus said, okay, I'll name some. The seventh commandment, don't commit adultery. The sixth commandment, don't murder. The eighth commandment, don't steal. The ninth commandment, don't lie or bear false witness. And back to the fifth commandment, honor your mother and your father. And in verse 21, he's still not getting it. And he said, I've done all this all my life. And Jesus said, well, you lack one more thing. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And that man said, what are you talking about, Willis? Go sell everything I have. You mean sell my Lexus? Sell my house? Sell my stocks? No more Nordstrom's? What do you mean? Go sell everything I have, Jesus said, and give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And in verse 23, the Bible tells us he drove away in his drop-top chariot sorrowful. Yeah, how do you, it, it's in the Greek language. If you would read it, you know it was there. It says drop-top chariot in the Greek language. And it says, because he was very rich, he went away sorrowful. You see, remember I told you Calvary Chapel, well, here we come in for a landing. I told you at Calvary Chapel, the heart of the matter is what? The matter of the heart. And at the heart of this man was the idolatry of money. And Jesus is saying, listen, you have everything, but you lack the full surrender of your heart to God. This man was concerned to keep the commandments, but more concerned to keep his money. He had a bent knee, but he would not bend his will. He bowed his head, but he would not bow his heart. He yielded obeisance, but he refused obedience. He wanted heavenly treasure, but he couldn't give up his earthly possession. He knew what he needed, but he would not forgo what he wanted. And Jesus called him to sacrifice the present for the future, but he sacrificed the future 
for the present. And so many people do the same thing today. My question to you is, where's your priority? Where's your priority? I'll go one step further. Jesus doesn't really want you to make him your priority. He doesn't want you to make him your priority. Like you get up in the morning and you read your Bible every single day. And you pray every single day. And you make Jesus a priority in the morning every single day. God doesn't want you to make him a priority. He doesn't want priority in your life. He wants preeminence in your life. Preeminence means that he has your whole day. Are you getting me? Preeminence means he has every bit of you and every part of you and, and, and everything that you think and every decision that you make and every person that you talk to, that, 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 that they're the preeminence of the knowledge of the Lord and the preeminence of I'm a Christian and, and I should walk a certain way and do a certain thing and act a certain way. God wants preeminence. He doesn't just want priority. And I don't care if you're 8 or 80. God wants preeminence in your life. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.